0: Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, February 14th. On this date in 1924, a company called the Computing Tabulating Recording Company of New York took on a brand new name. 99 years later, you still hear that name all the time. Can you guess what the company is known as? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's check in with the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center for your Valentine's Day forecast.
1: And good morning to you and happy Valentine's Day. We are starting out this morning with temperatures in the 30s and 40s. A chilly star. Make sure you warm up the cars. Temperatures in the upper 60s at noon will be up around 70, 71 degrees this afternoon. Beautiful day ahead with lots of sunshine going into this evening will be around 63 degrees. So tomorrow will be at 77 we will be around 79 degrees as we head into Thursday. Friday begins seaweed, some scattered showers around, and then Saturday and Sunday we're we're cooling down with sunshine Saturday, then a few clouds and a small chance of a shower on Sunday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and First Alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines.
0: The South Carolina Highway Patrol is investigating a fatal crash in Orangeburg County. Troopers say that happened around 9 p.m. last night on Highway 310 near Bayview Street. That's about a mile north of Holly Hill. According to Highway Patrol, a car was driving on Highway 310 when it was hit, when it hit a moped that was trying to turn into a private driveway. The person on the moped died at the scene. Their identity has not been released. Highway Patrol is also investigating a crash in Georgetown County that left one person dead. Troopers responded just after 8 o'clock last night on Highway 51 near Pawnee Drive. That's about 10 miles north of Andrews. They say a pickup truck was heading north when it ran off the road and hit a tree. It then
2: flipped and caught on fire. The driver died at the scene and has not been identified. The Charleston Fire Department is investigating a structure fire in downtown Charleston. Why don't you take a look at some video that we filmed now? Uh, black and charred building. Officials with the Charleston Fire Department responded around 8 o'clock last night to Mary Street just off of King Street. This is what that scene looked like when our crew first got there. A lot of heavy smoke and flashing lights from the Fire Department and the Charleston Police Department. Officials say the building is abandoned and not a safe structure. No word to shed on any injuries or what exactly caused the fire. Of course, we'll keep you updated as we get more information.
0: After more than three weeks, we're just days away from the state wrapping up its case against Alec Murdoch.
2: Yeah, today the defense, they're going to get its turn to question the woman who did the autopsy of Paul and Maggie Murdoch, describing in extreme detail the damage done when they were shot multiple times at close range.
0: Nick Reagan is live at the Colleton County Courthouse. So Nick, tell us a little bit more about what was revealed yesterday.
1: Yeah, Katie, Aisha, it was a difficult day in court yesterday as the jury had to sit through hours of testimony regarding the manner in which Paul and Maggie were were killed. Dr Ellen Raymer, she is the forensic pathologist who did the autopsies. She took the stand yesterday and was asked to not only describe the uh, wounds, but also to identify the pictures of uh, the autopsy and those bodies. And while those images were sealed to the public by the judge, they were displayed for the jury. Now she testified to finding five. Uh, assault rifle rounds on Maggie and two wounds to Paul, a pair of close range shotgun injuries that she says were fired from no more than three feet away. The first was a glancing blow. The second instantly fatal as it hit his left shoulder and traveled through his head. Now we want to give you a warning. Her description is fairly graphic, but uh, listen to how she describes his injury.
2: This um, wound actually, his brain um, was ejected out of the top of the right side of his head and actually arrived at the autopsy in a separate bucket.
1: During all of this, Murdoch appeared emotional, rocking back and forth and reaching for tissues. In fact, the judge had to dismiss the jury several times throughout her testimony to allow them to collect themselves. Yesterday, we also received the body camera footage from the first officers on scene that night. You can see officers talking with Alec, as well as uh, they were searching the kennels where the bodies were found for evidence. Somebody going to check Yes, sir. They, they've already checked them. They did check them? Yes, sir. is official that they're dead? Yes, sir. That's what it looks like. Again, just a tough day in court yesterday. Now, I want to bring up one more thing. Two jurors uh, were dismissed yesterday after they tested positive for COVID. They were replaced with alternates, but that now means a total of three members of the jury have been dismissed throughout the trial, leaving just three more alternates. Now we do expect that the defense will get to start its cross examination of Dr. Raymer when court resumes here at about nine thirty this morning. Katie Aisha back to you guys.
2: Alright, thanks Nick. Our team coverage is going to continue throughout the day. We'll have crews in Walterboro to bring you the very latest. You can also find us online and on streaming platforms including Roku, Fire TV and Apple TV.
0: You can also get real-time updates on the Murdoch trial through our live blog on live Just click the banner at the top of our homepage for live updates throughout the day. Straight from Live team of reporters
2: and digital journalists.
0: Officials from the town of James Island say they want to improve sidewalk safety on the island.
2: Yeah, this week the town is asking for funding for the sidewalk project that's set to improve safety and accessibility for pedestrians in the community.
0: Our Molly McBride joins us live from James Island this morning. So, Molly, what exactly is the town asking for?
3: We'll request $223,000 from Charles County charleston county's transportation sales tax allocation program if approved the town will match that amount and put that toward the project i spoke to bill wolsey the mayor of james island who tells me the estimated cost of dills bluff road sidewalk project is around four hundred thousand dollars as of now the sidewalk on dills bluff road runs to seaside lane if approved, Phase 4 will run the sidewalk down Fort Sumter Drive and then connect with the sidewalks on Harborview Road. Wolsey says right now James Island roads that connect neighborhoods are very unsafe for people to walk from one neighborhood to the next. He says this project is important to the safety of children.
1: Council's goals for many years has been to extend the sidewalk net- network on the, um, what, what I often think of our primary roads, but perhaps might be called secondary roads, and these include Dills Bluff Road, but also Camp Road, Fort Johnson Road, and Harborview Road.
3: After the town council meeting on Thursday, the application will then go to Charleston County to determine whether or not it will be funded. For more information about Thursday's meeting, you can head over to live5news.com and click on this web story. Reporting live on James Island, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News.
2: Well, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley will visit the Holy City tomorrow for what's expected to be her official presidential run announcement. Her announcement is taking place right here in Charleston, where her campaign will be based. Haley would be the first Republican to jump into the 2024 presidential race this year, facing former President Donald Trump. She served as South Carolina's governor for six years before serving as President Donald Trump's ambassador to the United Nations.
0: Meanwhile, another South Carolina politician will be in the Lowcountry today. Representative Nancy Mace is hosting coffee with your congresswoman on James Island this morning. It'll be this morning from 1030 to 1130 at Highfalutin Coffee Roasters. She'll give an update about her work in Washington and host a Q&A. To reserve your spot, just visit our website at live5news.com and look under the big red box. We'll have a link for you there. Well, around 300,000 South Carolinians could lose their Medicaid coverage in about the next year.
2: Yeah, that's because starting April the 1st, South Carolina will begin reviewing who's eligible for Medicaid for the first time in three years. Now, South Carolina's Department of Health and Human Services, which oversees the state Medicaid program, will take a full year to carry it out. It estimates Medicaid enrollment will drop from about 1.3 million South Carolinians to just over a million where it was before the pandemic.
0: Healthy Human Services says many who will be unenrolled are those who previously qualified as children because their family's income was below a certain level. Now they're adults and have aged out of that coverage but have remained on it the last three years because federal law prohibited removing them.
4: For our Medicaid members who have um, been enrolled in Medicaid for, for a while, this is um, going back to the process that existed in 2019 and before. Uh, but we have a lot of members who um, have joined uh, Medicaid, have become enrolled in Medicaid for the first time during that period, so that will be a bit of a new process.
2: Well, the state will mail out uh, review forms to everyone currently on Medicaid beginning April the 1st. They have 60 days after that point to fill out the form. Well, MUSC is hoping to build a new medical facility on Seabrook Island. MUSC says it's looking to match a $100,000
0: donation to build what they're calling the MUSC Health Sea Islands Medical Facility.
2: Samantha Popovics joining us live now. And Samantha, how could this new facility help out the community? Good morning.
4: Good morning, yes. MUSC is trying to make health care more accessible for the town of Seabrook, providing primary care services and emergency services. And according to their website, uh, it could be at this location, which is on Sea Island Road near Bohickett Marina according to musc as of now fifty percent of fundraising has come from sea Isle residents donors prospects and patients musc is willing to match donations up to one hundred thousand dollars hospital officials say musc health sea islands will be a state-of-the-art medical facility giving patients access to a new freestanding emergency room which features trauma rooms and full lab services completed with the helipad The medical facility will also have full radiology and CAT scan services, on-site lab and diagnostic treatment, as well as occupational and physical therapy treatments. MUSC says their goal is to have a set date by the end of this year, and they are looking to maximize their residential engagement. There's going to be a meeting this afternoon, reporting live in Seabrook Island, Samantha Popovics Live 5 News.
0: At the top of the show, I mentioned that on this date 99 years ago, there was a new name for the Computing Tabulating Recording Company of New York. The new name was International Business Machines. We know it today by its initials, IBM. Celebrating birthdays this Tuesday, former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg is 81. Journalist Carl Bernstein is 79. Magician Teller from Penn & Teller fame is 75. Actress Meg Tilly is 63. Actor Zach Gallaghan is 59. And actor Simon Pegg, who played Scotty in the rebooted Star Trek movies, is 53. Thank you again for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all. Produced every weekday morning. You can listen and subscribe at live5news.com podcast. And download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24/7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.